I love it because you're like the Banksy kind of like of <laughs> activism. <laughs> colonial history isn't just the history of the black and brown people which who had to live under Britain's rule but it's actually also the history of like my white British peers who they've had an injustice in the education system um because they haven't been because they've a whole chunk of their history has been left out of their curriculum Welcome to Shade with me, Lou Mensa. I want to start by thanking all of you for the wicked response to last week's episode with guest Ray King. You left some wonderful reviews for the show. One from Word to the Mothers said, It's such a refreshing show in a sea of lightweight, ego-driven podcasts. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. I dig that one. Thank you so much. Another reviewer, Rianne, said, Another wonderful episode from Lou. So much appreciated this conversation with Ray King. It's given me so much I want to talk about with the people around me. And the Trail of Married to the Movement podcast highlights the complex world of supportive labour that is so important and overlooked especially with the increasing hostility to low, non-paid work in the UK and America. Another reviewer, Mel Afrique, said, having that space to have courageous conversation is powerful. And Vic says, absolutely loved this episode. Such a wonderful insight into an experience that we just don't hear enough about. Ray King is an incredible woman and I deeply respect the work that both her and her husband, Sean, are doing. Thank you all so much for the love. I'm deeply appreciative. Thank you so much. Now, this week, my guests are A-level students, Orla and Miranda, from the campaign group Fill in the Blanks. Fill in the Blanks is the national education campaign led by a group of South London sixth form students working to ensure the mandatory and honest teaching of colonial history for all students, filling in the blanks of our shared past. Now, you may have seen their campaign where they mocked up and distributed 5,000 copies of their own version of the Metro and Evening Standard newspapers, which contained headlines that they would like to see, namely Boris backing the inclusion of colonial history being taught on the Key Stage 3 national curriculum in schools. Check out their social media for details. Um, I'll pop all the links in the episode show notes. I was struck by the passion, intelligence and dedication to the cause when chatting with the girls. We can learn so much from them. So I know their campaign is developing and moving forward to the next stage. Stay tuned through to the end of the show where they share how we can support their campaign, which ultimately will benefit all of us. So here goes. Enjoy. tell anyone besides my mum and um so like none of my teachers knew about it Mm. they all found out last week after the um after the bbc news 
we're part of the advocacy academy and that's kind of how we um were able to learn about the skills about activism and how we were able to launch our campaign we had had quite this long build-up time of doing these things that my friends would be like what where, what do you do on friday evenings because every single friday we'd go to advocacy academy do all these workshops work on our campaign so we've been doing this for six months beforehand so everybody was like what are you actually doing so but i think I, everyone was quite the people who I told about it were quite excited, but they were also quite nervous because it is quite a scary thing to go up against. I mean, we were nervous about, like, even the printers. I mean, Matilda can talk to this because we got rejected from so many printers. Yeah. Oh. Like, the day before, two days before we were printing, the Friday, we were rejected, like, six days before the action. Mm-hmm. Um, I was rejected from five, I think it was three different printers that day. That was rough. That was really rough. But their reason being what? Um, copyright reasons. Oh, okay. Um, that sort of thing. Um, but we did actually, yeah, we managed to find a, a printer on the Monday. And so, like, I was, like, running in and out of my local library. I was, like, doing my homework in the library and just running out and calling a random printer <laughs> and, like, giving them bank details to print all of our all of our um, newspaper covers. It was such a surreal experience. But you pulled it all together. It was amazing. It just like, it actually looked like, well, obviously it actually looked like the Metro newspaper. I mean, you must've been on such a high when you actually saw people reading it. I read some of the statistics that you've provided and I've read that 69% of adults believe that colonialism and the role of the empire should be taught as part of the curriculum at school. But I was just interested in that figure and I wondered if we could break it down a bit. Do they mean that 69% of adults believe that the whole of colonial history and the empire um, should be taught? It it was published by YouGov. It was actually in relation to um, the the Labour government's manifesto at the general election last year. And ultimately, we can't really say whether they truly understand the notion of what the British Empire actually performed. We we can't say. What we can say is that there's definitely a changing narrative at the moment that the empire isn't spoken about simply because it is viewed as more of a negative. When people are able to say, yeah, they believe it should be taught. No, we can't say that they believe it should be taught in the same way as us, but it does give a really good sense that this is something that people are thinking about that this is definitely something that is plausible for the government to be doing. Yeah, so at the moment, is colonial history not taught on the curriculum in any way, shape or form for key stage three children? So on the current curriculum, it's kind of, it's recommended in some ways, in some areas that it's like an optional module that they suggest, but there's no like actual mandatory area on the curriculum, anything other than the Holocaust. Right. um, But I think also, just like coming back to what you said earlier about colonial the way we think about colonialism is also like I think a lot of people think of colonialism and there's kind of almost these like kind of romanticized narratives around colonialism mm. and with like the with Brexit at the moment this kind of like second coming of empire can definitely be a thing in how people see, see empire and what they might understand by colonial history but I think also with like the we've seen a decrease in the number of people in the last like four years who have who the view the British Empire as a positive thing. 
Right. Even prominent people like George the Poet made a massive, um, it was a really big news story when he declined a, I can't remember whether it was MBA. Yeah, OBE or MBE, yeah. I think. Um, about due to reasons of empire. So I think there is a changing narrative about what colonialism actually means, but I think that's kind of part of the importance of this project is that we want to change the perspective of what that actually means for people and that and expose empire, not as this, expose empire for what it is, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and to sort of teach the whole story. Well, I'm interested that you mentioned George, the poet there, actually, um, and that he rejected his, did you say it's an MBE? I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, his MBE. And these debates are becoming more and more prevalent in the media now. And there are more and more people that are comfortable with rejecting um, these awards. And I've been thinking about these debates they're usually done in a, in a performative way so usually what happens is they will get on a black artist perhaps to talk about why they perhaps have rejected it and then they will usually have a white panelist as well to who is usually an empire supporter um, and they will try and get them to talk to each other and get them to, to sort of share their views for and against um, the continuation of um, giving these awards and I saw one recently, it was Jonesy D, um, who rejected um, an MBE. I think I sent you the link to yeah. that. We had Toby Young, who's quite often rolled out in these debates. And when I see this, I kind of feel two things. I feel, well, this is great that these discussions are now happening and they're visible and they're public. Mm -hmm. But at the end of these discussions, it's still both parties seem to be very much, they go back into their own corner, disagreeing on the other person's idea of, of the empire and these kind of awards that are given with the empire name in them. And I think this kind of discourse emphasises the lack of education quite often on the empire supporter who's usually rolled out to defend the notions, the old notions of empire. I worry about the echo chamber effect mm -hmm. Um, and how how we talk to those outside of our echo chamber with regards to these issues. Yeah. And I'm wondering how you hope as a country that you think that we may be able to progress past these entrenched discussions and perhaps what do you think a more effective discussion might look like? I think um, we have to be aware, because I watched that um, GMB debate as well, and I think it is a, a, like a narrative that we fall into quite often. We bring out these kind of quite developed ideas that can seem quite um and kind of quite put people in quite different positions quite quickly um and obviously we i mean i think we've been quite aware of that as a campaign that we have been a little bit pragmatic in the way that we've had to be um after the general election we've we know now who's in power and we know if we want to get this on the curriculum we're going to probably have to work with a conservative government and we have to appeal to their their kind of own political agenda as well, which is, might not be in our own political favour, but that's the way it is. And I think we need to be aware of that um, in terms of how we bring out kind of these quite developed ideas, which can seem so like that are quite shocking for a lot of people on our campaign, especially because I have like I look white passing. I know I look have a lot of white privilege because of that. But even like when I, because on the Advocacy Academy, we learn about a lot of these kind of um, structures of inequality. Like we understand that education is the beginning of this and how we can actually change 
the world for the better and dismantle these systems which we are talking about but which people might not be ready to understand properly yet. Why do you think so much is omitted from the history curriculum regarding Britain's full colonial history? Um, I think it's because ultimately the victors write the history books. Yeah. Mm. I can't think of any time that I was in history and hadn't learned about England or Britain coming out on top and the murky waters of of the empire and um how it's not a linear narrative which is easy to explain to young people mm. i think is i think is very difficult um the government has gotten away forever um with with removing it and and avoiding it but and, and also i think as well be in general history is kind of seen as a tool um as is something of enjoyment and it's kind of it's seen almost as like a romanticized thing again which is also it's not it's a source of entertainment quite often in mm. the culture and we don't always it's not meant to be comfortable history history's not meant to make us feel better about how we are or mm. to or to serve a certain group of people it's meant to be historically accurate or a recording of truth mm. and planning of our past and I think that's a wider problem within history. Yeah, absolutely. And even when I'm sort of teaching my daughter elements of history at home, I sort of do my own research and give her that information. But I have been on websites like teaching websites, UK based national curriculum ones, resources that the schools use. And I've read some of the information and I've just been, well, that's actually factually incorrect. <laughs> and this is being used by hundreds of thousands of teachers across mm. the country. And I've had to like message the um, creators of the resources to say, actually, I think you need to look into this. It's even like with um, the Lawrence Fox debate about 1917. I mean, like 19,000 Indian troops were on the Western Front. And, mm. and I think that really exemplifies everything that we want it's kind of history is meant to be this kind of this thing that we enjoy and that we object and that Lawrence Fox objects to this kind of a truthful account of history I mean it's not completely truthful 917 is not complete a completely um I mean having one Sikh or whatever it was within the entire film is not a radical decision I don't think it I think that really exemplifies exactly what the problem is within wider history yeah absolutely have you had any feedback from schools who have heard about your campaign or, or parents outside your sort of close network? People don't know where to start most of the time. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people come to us and go, well, where, well, I want to improve this or I want to teach this. And I totally agree with you guys, but there's not the resource, which is the problem that we've encountered as well, is when we're, that's like part of the problem is there's not enough re- research done on these areas to provide a conclusive resources to like point people towards which I right. think is the problem that we don't ha- is reflected in the number of um, academics who are people of colour as well mm. and I don't know what how, what about the reaction you've had Matilda? Um, in my sort of uh, school circle which I wasn't too sure whether was going to be supportive it's like uh, all white ma- it's like a majority white London private school yeah so so like I was already there I sort of stick out like a sore thumb a little bit and um so I wasn't sure how my school were were going to react but actually they've been um 
overwhelmingly supportive. Lots of other other schools who who are in contact with with my school have have been supportive of it as well. And it's just at this point working how to join together and um, present a more uh, a, a more united front of all schools across the UK, um, especially not just in the south as well, but also um, ensuring that like the burden doesn't fall on the teachers to have to educate like our teachers are already overworked and underpaid absolutely yeah and absolutely it's not fair to be like oh well um sorry that is you should teach colon you should teach colonial history mm. um colonial history lasted for like the british empire lasted for what 500 600 years mm. and we're expecting individuals who have very little time and there are very little resources on this mm. to to go out of their way and research like mm. that that that's not okay it's why it has to be mandated that's why mm. the government has to um help our teachers educate our students more truthfully and what what i've been thinking about all of this is how you take your campaign to the next stage right because you want to to get it in front of the people who really matter you're going to have the backing of um parents and families and the teachers but like you say they're like well how do we do this and that can only come from the top right so like the secretary of education mm-hmm. i mean who is it that's gonna see your proposal and what what i'm really interested in here is how we as the listeners because i know that all of my listeners whether they're parents or not and I know that they're all behind your campaign and do anything to help. And I just wondered if there's anything we can do to help you progress the campaign. Our next steps as well kind of encompass this because we have currently a promised meeting with Mick Gibb, who's the Minister for School Standards, who has the ability to change the curriculum. Fantastic. Yeah, so we're working forwards towards that and we're currently working out how we're going to be the most powerful going into that and have the most momentum going into that meeting. Mm. Um, but in terms of what people can do, I think emailing your MP and maybe just explaining why you think this issue is important to you and why you think it should be, um, why they should support it too. I mean, we're constantly working out ways that we're going to try and do it and how we're going to actually make sure that this is OK. So I think just keep up to date with us and we'll let people know more on. I don't know whether Matilda has anything else to add. Yeah. Also, like furthering the discussion with the, the people in your life that you're not sure will be supportive of this. Yes, yes, um, yes. Like the people who live in the other echo chamber, if you will, or even people that seem quite like as if they don't care about this. Um, really honing in that the empire is about everybody mm-hmm. and that, uh, that, that colonial history isn't just the history of the black and brown people which had who had to live under Britain's rule but it's actually also the history of like my white British peers who they've had an injustice in the education system um because they haven't been because they've a whole chunk of their history has been left out of their curriculum Mm. so I think that it is really important just to try and further the conversations the difficult conversations with people that you aren't too sure will be supportive Mm, I wholeheartedly agree with you there and I think there's a really great I'm not sure who said it or like because we used it in a in a in a speech that we did which is um 
the empire either impoverished you or enriched you and I think that's like mm. the truth of it when it comes down to it you were either benefited or you didn't and mm-hmm. you were and as simple as that and I think that's the problem the the that this campaign it, it, it can it's not just it's for everybody it's not just for people of colour and for young students across the UK mm, well I agree with you and what um I'll make a promise that I will do that within my family because within my family you know we're a mixed um heritage family so um I have um Irish English you know African Jamaican family members um who have either been enriched or or hurt by empire you know by the colonial system I do try to have these conversations and I will continue to do so and it is very difficult and I think that's where it starts it starts at home and within your close-knit group and I find that more difficult than anything before I finish off there's always a final question and this final question um, actually I wanted to hand over to my daughter who is um, interested in communication and and um, media and she's only 10 nearly 11 but you know she's interested um in what you're doing and I've shared that with her and 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 her question was what do I need to think about if I want to start my own newspaper one day oh my day oh god okay (laughs) okay get a printer on board get your mum on board get your dad on board (laughs) get a van (laughs) yeah persistence and planning that is what I would, <laughs> that are the main things that I would recommend. Okay, I will pass yeah. that on. I also think just think about the message that you want to portray to people and what you want people to learn once they read your paper or whatever it is. Because, I mean, even with our social media, we try to be quite um, aware that what we put out, we really want people, it, we don't want it to just be clogging up and we want it to actually be mindful and thoughtful content that people will actually gain some insight from yeah. and I think it's going to start her newspaper I'd love to read it but <laughs> we'd love to I think just share what you want to share with the world and make sure it's, mm. it's truthful and it's not just what you want other people what you think other people want you to say but just what you actually want to say mm. that's really important especially for young like really young children it's quite difficult for them to separate what they think people want from them and actually to find their own voice and that's a whole process isn't it and actually you know you've you've obviously found yours now as a-level students but that is a process that starts very young so I think that's really important so thank you so much. <laughs>